Ah, welcome to your introductory training to the Hunts Clan. I am your leader, the Huntsman. Come with me to watch the Hunts video. Am I going too fast for you? Oh boy, oh boy, Huntsman. I'm so excited. I've never, I've, I've always, I've always wanted to be a Hunts boy, but I never got the chance. I'm so excited. I can't tell well, you. Well, your, your chance is here. You have proven yourself loyal through your, well, <laughs> my essay. <laughs> your essay. <laughs> my Hunts teacher said it was the best essay they'd, they'd ever read. And my Hunts mom and dad were so proud of me. They didn't help me at all, though, I swear. Yes, well, I'm sure you'll do them proud in our goal to rid the world of these horrible abominations. Oh, that's all I've ever wanted, Huntsman. Just, just tell me what I have to do. All right. Your first task will be to aid me in destroying this Chinese-American family here in Manhattan. You know, the poor section. Wait. Well, just, just a second, Huntsman. I... You're, talk, you're talking about mythical creatures now right yeah. like this like a chinese totem spirits of a monster is running around and terrorizing people that sort of oh, thing oh yes yes of course they're they're dragons we call them dragons this family in particular they're they're abominations you know um in addition to turning into dragons the the mother has married an, a non-chinese father mixing the bloodlines no no you said mm. Is this I, is this too? Mm. This feels this feels close to too much. <laughs> All right, listen, everyone, we tried. That's, that's the best. That's that's as much as we can do. You, there's I nothing think, else here. I think you get the point, everyone. <laughs> They're racists. They're, They're racist, magic racists. They're magic racists. Okay. Who did the tooth fairy ever hurt? Move on. Let's move on. Cause like, <laughs> it's like why? <laughs> they they never justify it at all. <laughs> Cause if you're a ninja master and you kill somebody's parents and kidnap their daughter to raise as the dragon slayer, you might be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, there's no part of there's no like double negative to you know abusing your adoptive daughter. Like you, you you're just doing multiple bad things to them. It is an interesting thing in fiction when, um, you know, you, you have to cross a line. We saw it in Wizards, right? You have to go against your own ideology in order to enact the greater good. If you're doing it before anything happens, yeah, you no. kind of jump the gun too far. No, that's the, that's a very clear example of, like, you had these dispositions and you're fitting the facts to fit your narrative. Look, look, my father hated dragons. His father hated dragons. I need to kill all the dragons. Yeah, l l listen, I'm not I'm not a racist, but remember this one time that a dragon happened and that was bad? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're all like that. Makes you think. You Makes ever wonder you think. why they're putting a dragon in every country in the world and now they've invaded America? The you most know American that... country? Listen. Over 90% of fire breath attacks on innocent people happen from dragons coincidence hmm i think there's not. no such thing as coincidences because they're using their time powers <laughs> okay hang on our time power is a thing they had uh at one point Jake how many makes time dragons are rewrite there? reality and he just wishes for it 
I don't remember like why he's given a wish, but he gets a wish, and his wish is like, "I wish my like my girlfriend was happy," or something weird. Yeah, so, some angsty and prepubescent. I think it was done better than that, but not by much. Yeah, it's. Mm, welcome to the Carton Cast, everyone. Hi, <laughs> my my name is Ben. My name is Zane. And we are the podcast that reviews old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. If we think of them as adults. Not what we think of them as adults, but if we think of them. And Zane, do we We'd think of a to. cartoon today? I, I don't want to think about it, but yes. This <laughs> is uh, American Dragon, colon, Jake Long. Uh, we're the Carton cast, you heard? Mac Daddy. <laughs> Big cheese hey. steak. Hey, old Slim Slice. <laughs> Have you heard about the Carton cast? <laughs> Did you know about rap did you know that we, can appeal, <laughs> that we can appeal to the youth generation we can we appeal can. so we can appeal so many times it's going to be like a bunch of bananas instead of just one mm-hmm. sure okay jake okay jakey <laughs> you do jake, your thing you think you get back to cool. rehearsing <laughs> you get back to rap battling in the garage now dinner will be ready in 30 and if he's not cool he kind of has no backup plan like he's put all his eggs <laughs> in a very poorly chosen apart. basket. <laughs> well, his identity is like I'm super cool as a human and I'm super cool as a mythological being and neither of them is true continuously and vigorously. How wangsty do you have to be <laughs> to to waste the dragon opportunity? Especially wangsty because you know Wang as like a and the Chinese and the yeah. Okay. A common surname. Mhm. Mm Zane, tell me about American Dragon Jake Long. American Dragon Jake Long ran from 2005 to 2007 on the Disney Channel. Uh, connections have been drawn between it and a number of other shows, uh, in particular The Life and Times of Juniper Lee, which ran in the same time frame, had similar plot and themes, uh, as well as oh, Jackie Chan Adventures, which ended they both right a, as this started. Because they both had an Asian last name? Uh, yeah, sort of Chinese-American, you know, teen drama plus action hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually, that part of it I'm pretty into. Yeah, and both came on the tail end of, of Jackie Chan Adventures. I don't know if you remember in the fifth season that dragon that talked like Vanilla Ice. I feel like they learned the exact wrong <laughs> lesson from that show. Guys, this thing has been running for five seasons. Don't worry about how the fifth one turned out. The fact that it's <laughs> running five seasons and this is when we're watching it. I don't think that's the, like, there's corporate executives. Do you know how many seasons five is? It's okay <laughs> if one's bad. So, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about American Dragon Jake Long. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I, uh, Zane, tell, tell me what your initial impressions are after having watched a few episodes. Because uh, I've got a lot of opinions, but they're not really, I, I can't really not, pick out the parts. I can't really pick, I can't really subdivide them yet. They're, they're not new opinions. So, basically, it's, it's not a terrible show. Let's but talk about. If, let's let's set the plot up. What is it you about? Just asked me. <laughs> um, so I, I know. I'm. If you I'm couldn't if trying you to figure a way, I'm trying to figure out a way to talk about this that doesn't involve us talking about it. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I think I've got a few strategies. Okay, great. So the show is about um, a kid, Jake Long, growing up in New York City. Good so uh, far, and and he can turn into a mythical dragon creature. Um, these have been; these have existed for thousands of years. All right, tentative um, he, acceptance. He is the first one to ever like live in America, and so he's the American dragon, and he has to learn 
dragon skills in order to protect America. Yeah, and you might be thinking, "Hey, that's a really cool par like uh like a, a really cool parallel to um a Chinese American kind of being marginalized in adolescence and and yeah. needing to kind of try to fit in in society when clearly they're so different." Doesn't really come up much. <laughs> no, very very little. <laughs> doesn't 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 really happen. Because while they have a quote-unquote racially diverse cast, they don't do like they don't do much with it. Surprisingly, they're not, they they're, they're not taking the risks necessary to make it a social commentary. They're very they're very uh, tentative. Yeah. They're very um, cautious with these but, with, with this um with this cultural awareness. Um, the other part of this is you know. Magic is real. Magical creatures exist. Leprechauns and and unicorns and mermaids and such. Um, they also kind of do don't do a lot with that, which is a shame because like I'm pretty into the Amer- ugly Americans esque fantastic modern setting kind of thing. Yeah, you put Kim Possible into Ugly Americans. This should have been a good show. I don't know if it should have been a good show. Like I think what we're gonna what I'm kind of thinking is it just like the elements of the construction of the show are not inherently bad it's just like there was no spark to it 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 felt like it was made during a time at which disney wasn't making good shows and Mm -hmm. that was that you know you you asked me my initial impression yes um my my sense was there's nothing here that hasn't been done better elsewhere um i'm not even convinced that it's been better done elsewhere it just has been done elsewhere it's flawed in its own right or it just is it just there's a lot of shows me. that do the same thing but do it you know different or with more polish or with a cool gimmick um we'll we'll probably make a lot of comparisons i'm less interested in seeing if this was a good show because because i don't think it is no uh, i don't think so either but or or whether it does anything new and unique which it doesn't but i want to no. know does this show accomplish the goals it sets out for itself i think what are those I goals think that's our i think that's our conversation what what are those goals? Um, culturally diverse cast. Um, yeah, they they fail on that. Teen action drama that's compelling and shows growth. Nope. Fun world building. Mm, they tried, uh, you know, marginally. I like the Hunts Clan. <laughs> is is yeah. that weird? That uh, the my favorite part of the fantastic setting was the ones that were trying to get rid of it. I mean, it's not bad because they were also ninjas. Yeah, well, he's he just like that's a really evocative thing. Um, that, that's he's got such an evocative costume, and it's voiced by Jeff Bennett. Like, of course, that was going to be one of my favorite characters. And and like once upon a time, maybe they were they were in the right because dragons were destroying the villages or whatever, and the ninjas had to stop them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of moved past that in our modern yeah. enlightened era. Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, like, I wouldn't turn dra- down dragon powers if they were offered. No, you'd you'd be a fool. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I also wouldn't say yes to being, like, 12 and wangsty and, uh, confused all the time, either. That would also be not great. So, yeah. like, if, if they're a twin package, I guess I'd take it. I don't <laughs> think I'd be happy about it. So, you you want to talk about whether or not it succeeded at, like... World building, 
cultural sensitivity and teen coming of age compelling main character i guess because there was character growth and progression you know not a lot but it it wasn't the first but it, it was you know for its time it was cool i i've seen it before you know like a young whippersnapper with unique powers coming up like it's just generator x again with I, a my, du- with a dumber setting the sense i get is they wanted it to be more than it could be and by the time they realized that they kind of gave up so so originally this show was supposed to be more adult jake's parents were the ones who were supposed to be murdered he was supposed to come to terms with his powers while living with various magical creature communities that sounds pretty cool that's basically the first episode of samurai jack turn into a show and he's a dragon it's more than that. It's like um, it, it's like an interesting um, kind of fantastic version of you know uh, underprivileged communities kind of supporting each other against the uh, the ever present threat of the overclass. You know, right? And in this case, really personified good... by the Hunts Clan, the Hunts yeah, Class. And you you could have had a lot more. Of that, you know, um, minority versus majority trying to get rid of them, you could have had that parallel much stronger. As it is, the Hunt Clan always feels kind of marginal as a group. You know, they don't seem to be the movers and shakers of things. They're kind of the last dying breath of their, you know, you know, racial purity or whatever. No, they seem like a cult. I mean, they seem like a crazy cult. And it's, you know, nobody talks about the you know, mythological creature versus other kind of thing going on in this society. Like, and they don't don't do a good job hiding it. They don't do a good job hiding it, but everybody else doesn't have a good, do a good job realizing it. (laughs) Everyone's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, well, everyone just doesn't, doesn't understand what they're seeing. So they come up with explanations. Like this is one of the better explanations from Dresden files is like, why doesn't anyone ever tell us that, you know, werewolves are running around. It's like, I try to. You guys think I'm a hack. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it's people have an easier time just ignoring that, which they don't understand. Yeah. And the men in black defense, you know, people don't want it to be real. Complicates right. things. That's exactly right. So like in general, I'm down with a modern fantastic setting. I just honestly, I don't think that it was that this show couldn't be good. I just don't think that they kind of put enough attention into it. Like it, it, it feels kind of rote. For me, they focused a little too much on gags, you know, some some crude humor and like, so I mentioned the world building, you know, how there will be leprechauns and mermaids and stuff. Mm -hmm. What I would like to see is to like get a sense of that culture and he has to learn about that culture in order to solve a problem. But what we usually get is like a tangential intersection of his life and them. And it's just a quest to like, you know, go go smack down this evil guy, and somehow it relates to his teen life as well. Did, did you get that sense? Uh, kind of. like It felt like this plot maybe needed to be a little bit more decentralized because Jake mm-hmm. is not interesting. Yeah, he, he can't carry it. No, like I, I think that this show maybe could have had a better weight to it because I, I watched one episode where like they go to they go camping. Um, it was pretty funny, and Jake's kind of like there were two parts of that episode one is there's uh his dad is trying to bond with him and the other part is jake trying to defend some like keebler elves from like a chupacabra or whatever sure and and those two things will tie together he'll realize that like oh it's a stretch 
They, I don't. <laughs> I, I can't make them tie together in a way that feels like I've completed either one. It's much more contrived than other shows I've seen pull it off. Feels like it. I mean, it, you know, yeah. like in Kim Possible, the message of like you need to trust your teammates that worked. Here, it's kind of yeah. hard to tie those two things together. Yeah, because because his dad's kind of a ponce. Well, I mean, I think the setting doesn't fit the centralized character build. You know, they want Jake to be really cool. They want him to have, like, kind of star power, and he just kind of doesn't. So, yeah, I don't know whether it was just, like, they, they, they needed to focus on a different aspect of the show, but um, I don't know. I, I did find it very bland and pretty repeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd be I'm interested to kind of dive into the questions that you were positing. Does this do what it was trying to do? Because right. I think that there's like a number of fundamental ways that it fails on each of those rubrics, and I want to I want to get into those. So, cultural sensitivity, um, character growth and progression of the main character, and uh, setting. Those are the three. Yeah. Those are the three things. And like good action, I think. Like clearly, they I think like they in did the final. That. In in the final episode, uh, his friend like Spud or whatever is like, "Do we want to keep doing like this?" You mean Milo? Superhero- yeah. Do we want to <laughs> keep doing this superhero supervillain monologue? Or do we want to get to the action? And everyone's like, "Yeah, let's get to the action." I I, I found like it's myself standing on agreeing. a leg that's not there. <laughs> I, I found myself agreeing. I, I thought the action was fine. Yeah, I don't have to listen to them. Right. Uh, well, let's talk about the characters. Yeah, that'll that'll kind of lead us into understanding how this does and doesn't work. Um, yeah. So Jake Long is voiced by Dante Basco, who is Prince Zuko from Avatar. Yeah, he was uh, as well also as uh, came as well out the as, same year. Yeah, as well as a uh, bat from Fist of the North Star, apparently. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. Um, and Rufio from Hook. If anyone, <laughs> great. You know, anyone's into that. Um, interesting fun fact: His uh, love interest here is also. Is voiced by uh, Katara from Avatar. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I was, you know, watching it, and uh, you know, Chrissy could hear their voices. Like, that's gonna bug me. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that is interesting. What's not interesting is that I, I'm sorry, I chose Generator Rex again without realizing it. Everyone, everybody gets one. I. <laughs> I guess that's very kind of you. Like, whenever we get a spite cast, and I'm like, how dare you do this to me? Sheep in the Big City was at least unique. <laughs> you know? So, I'm trying to find something about this guy compared to other teen heroes that's unique. Not better, just different. Just different. It, I think it's the cultural angle, but he just doesn't play it very hard. <laughs> okay, so so maybe we should talk about the cultural angle, because... When I heard the title, American Dragon, Jake Long, I knew that we were in for a Disney show, which represents stereotypes of a minority culture for plot gimmicks and poor dialogue. You thought that it was going, the stereotype was going to be Chinese. I thought that, <laughs> but it's not. Why on you? <laughs> well, it is, but not primarily. Primarily, no. it's black urban culture, and Jake is like the biggest poser I've ever seen. I, I didn't hate that detail. I mean, it was real. It's not yeah. endearing, but it's real. Remember how we were talking about how Rex would like constantly watch Spanish soap operas because it's the only facet of his ancestry that he could kind of connect with? Yeah. that That's sort of the feeling that I'm getting from this. 
Well, I think it was interesting just because, you know, seeing the juxtaposition between like his, him and his parents or him and his sister, you can see like the impact that your peers have on you growing up. Yeah, I think there's also probably an element of like, you, you do you remember from when we were talking about the Weekenders, how like the fact that she was a first generation, you know, um, American after having moved there and like there was a lot of pressure on her to kind of become accepted and a lot of pre- pressure on her from her parents and yeah, uh, for, for Tish. I'm getting kind of the idea that he has dragon training and has to kind of you know, live up to the family legacy whilst also being kind of a normal kid for his dad's benefit. His dad apparently doesn't know. Um, that 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 was okay. Like I don't like I don't dislike the idea that he sort of has to work at his family at his mom's restaurant, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. to kind of help pay the bills. Like he's no I, pressure I on him. I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean it's believable that he doesn't he never really asked for this responsibility of power that's what i'm talking about yeah he would rather just go skateboard with his with his chums right i don't know that that felt very kind of like you know this is a fantastical way that you can get that message of uh of uh you know um of of immigrant families sometimes having to work at their at their parent shop like that's how you get the responsibility narrative across without it being too on the nose sure but i don't i don't want to see young kids you know, cutting work or cutting practice to make poor decisions. But I also no, we got, we got see, that in rocket power. But I also don't want to see this guy like lament that he has to do super heroics. He's like, why am I not good at this already? I mean, he, yeah, but I feel like that's just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that part of him. I think that you are just salty about the tragedy of youth being wasted on the young. Imagine if the first third of Karate Kid happened and then cut to the tournament, he he loses, and then he whines about it. That's Zane, kind of the sense I got. Zane, the first put uh, in the effort. The kid. first third of Karate Kid did happen in the first episode of American Dragon. Jake Long. Oh my god! Just copy paste. Just it, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm like, if you're trying to get a broader representation of minorities, maybe just maybe don't just you know, steal you know, you know, you know it would be a real compelling direction. <laughs> is, is to copy paste a movie from the 80s that is the only familiarity with asian culture that we have there's like yeah okay to you know use your tongue to brush you know to clean the toilet first clockwise then counterclockwise my wife and i just looking at each other like are they really doing this are they doing this right now are you kidding me you're so brave for showing this to chrissy i had the option of showing it to ethan and i was like no he i doesn't deserve to choose <laughs> which she opted just in watching. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. I don't hate his. I. I think that his character is realistic for what it is, which is not what I was expecting. Sure. And the slang is irritating. I'm not going to pretend like it's fun to listen to, but it is at least, you know, I buy it. Yeah. Although every so often you will get a sentence like, "Are we going to open up a can of Smack Daddy on this Huntsman or what?" Are you saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? I'll I'll leave it to the listener to decide. But because he does, it does it in this like kind of hip hop vibe kind of thing with a bunch of shoulder action and like moving his hands like he doesn't know how to dance well. Yeah, it does get the feeling of slang made up by a like a writer's room of thirty something white guys. It does. <laughs> but um, are you familiar with Common Sense Media, 
the the like a review site that I, I is looked, like I actually went by it in um like very conservative parents like, yeah worry yeah, like, about is their this kids okay? being influenced by the devil right is this okay to show my kids here are the reasons why it would be here are the reasons why it wouldn't be uh, yeah. i actually i looked this up yeah and like most the, the only full score were, i ever saw was the only full score i ever saw was adventures from the book of virtues um but in describing what parents should know it says parents need to know that some of the racial stereotypes are confusing not bad <laughs> just confusing <laughs> i found that to be true as well and it also dings it by uh, it, it dings the show for macho fronting by Jake. I I don't know. Like it, it's sort of like yes, there is macho fronting, but it's sort of the uh, <laughs> macho as, fronting I, with you. Look, as my as my as my boyfriend would say, there is a like a reasonable counter narrative apparent. So it's okay to have <laughs> like so like whenever anything shows like uh any. Anything related to sexual abuse or rape or like um, uh, domestic abuse or anything like that shows up. He always says, like, I recognize that's going to be in a lot of media, but what it needs to have is a like a reasonable counter narrative present. We need to be able to see through someone else's eyes that, oh, that is absolutely wrong. Uh huh. <laughs> so watching Jake and having all of his dialogue no sell to everyone he's talking to. <laughs> I thought that established that. Oh, you know what? Maybe he does do this slang. He he's got all, like all this macho sadness to him, but no tre- one buys it. They treat him the way we would treat him. Yes, with derision, barely <laughs> concealed derision. We're we're barely yeah we we barely like uh, what's the word? Gosh, I can't think of words today. Zane tolerate. Yeah, we barely tolerate him. Like the only reason we're not going away from where you are is because we might get attacked that's it because everybody you, gets attacked the all the time in this show fire. You, if you, i had if another you, choice i'd take it if you intersect with the plot for a few seconds and later go off on your own you're getting attacked mm-hmm. it, well i mean like if it, it's a uh, conservation of detail if you weren't going to get attacked why were you in the plot to begin with yeah get out of here we have too many characters that do nothing already <laughs> yeah like milo from uh pepper ann what is he doing and, Su- and Susie carmichael from rugrats why also why any of this also bobo from generator rex and you know uncle from jackie chan adventures yeah uh, I, he even says aya well i mean that's i i didn't mind that i mean like i don't think that was a direct uncle reference i think that was just like an old chinese guy sure. kind of thing uh, we should talk about the rest of the kind of core cast, I guess. Oh, I did want to say one thing about Jake that is an unequivocated win. Okay. His the jacket hair? is great. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I like the hair. He uses too much hair gel. It's a little early 2000s. It um, is. But uh, like, I think, it's I not think quite, he pulls it off. It's highlights, not frosted tips. You can't get too excited now. <laughs> we'll... we'll We'll bring did that up later. His, did you notice his jacket though? It's yeah, got like the, those like, kind of like leathery patches for where his like dragon underbelly would be. It's pretty cool. Yeah, representing that he's always partly the dragon. Yeah, and that he can jack it off whenever he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next most important character, Foo Dog. Are you fucking kidding me with this? <laughs> yes, I, I am absolutely kidding you. No, I mean like. <laughs> With this character being here, show, are you fucking kidding me? 
Because, like, okay, his grand his grandpa was a, a dragon. Mm-hmm. His mother was not. Skipped a generation. <laughs> That's so funny to me. <laughs> he and his sister are both dragons, but he's the firstborn male, and so he becomes protector of the United States. It, it's like in the way in Dave the Barbarian, how like I'm half evil on my mother's side. <laughs> yeah, like that same kind idea. of. I mean, it would be genetic. Right. I mean, I guess that's true. It just, I don't know. Is the X gene genetic? Does the X gene skip a generation? Yeah, it's passed down through the mail, right? That's that's what they said in uh, X-Men 2. Is it really? That's vaguely what I remember. I thought they said like, um, oh God, I don't, I don't remember anything of X-Men 2. I can't do this. When, when uh, the guy in charge is talking to uh, Pyro's parents. Oh. And they're like, did we do this? And he's like, well, you know, the X gene's carried by the father, so he did this. I, I feel like you're making this up. This feels right. Okay. I think I haven't seen it in a long time. You know, given how much we talk about X-Men and how much it's prevalent in a lot of shows that we, we cover. We should probably we watch really X-Men. Need, I feel like we need a better catalog on it than we do. There's there's Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Psylocke. Yep. Clops. Cyborg. Okay. Caps Lock. Yep. Captain Colossus. America. And that takes us through the seas. Yes. <laughs> Captain Cosmic. Captain Cunnilingus. My <laughs> that personal is almost favorite. Certainly not. My my personal favorite superhero. And so Jake's grandpa is uh teaching him how to be a proper dragon, but his grandpa also has a dog that's immortal. Uh it's called a foo dog. A foo dog's a, a term for certain fluffy dogs but it's also used incorrectly to describe chinese imperial lions which are statues which represent power and regality f-o-o-d-o-g foo dog and john dimaggio's here just doing what he does hey jake hey jake any chance you can heat up these nachos for me (laughs) hey jake (laughs) no respect hey hey bobo yeah, I feel yeah. like he detracts like, from Jake, a show when he's trying to be Bender. Look, Jake showed up and I'm like, oh, it's Generator Rex. Well, it can't get any worse. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's Generator Rex's sidekick as Jake's sidekick. Cool. And like, John DiMaggio has had good roles. It's just not roles where he's just aping Bender, right? I mean, I'd like to point out that this is the second magic talking dog role that he has. Right. In a so, show where like, Jake is the main character. Oh wow, <laughs> that's really something, huh? Do you think he got confused? I feel yeah. Did they just be like, "Listen, John DiMaggio, we know you got chops. Just show up and do what you want." And he's like, "Okay, penciled in, Adventure Time, eight thirty. Got it." Magic dog, magic dog. <laughs> like I can, I can write this off on my taxes. <laughs> I can, you know, we can we can double major here. We're except fine. here, his only powers are like talking, living forever, and like, like visual aids. Oh, he's so gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you mean like like uh like an easel? Like like uh, yeah. PowerPoint all of a sudden? Uh-huh. Yeah, he he does like magic PowerPoints for Jake when he's trying to explain something. I didn't even remember that. Whenever he's on screen, all I can notice is like he has so many more lines than other characters, like physical, like drawn lines. He's so grotesque, Ben. I think I think that's fine. Like I mean, he's supposed to be kind of the schlubby sidekick character. He's constantly he's betting. Pugsley. Yeah, he he's betting against Jake in fights. <laughs> Oh, that's got a sting. I think it's funny. Like, I mean, he's he's not meant to be taken seriously. I like him a little bit better than Bobo from Generator X because Bobo is downright garish and at least 
at least, you know, talking dog with magic powers, that's kind of a schlub, is like, it, it's on American Dragon Jake Long's kind of speed level. Yeah, and why is he here? Oh, old man wants a companion. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why is Bobo actually, there? Who knows? It, it, he fits in this setting. Bobo does not fit in Generator X. So this <laughs> is not as bad. Bobo doesn't fit anywhere. The, this is not as bad as that. It's still a little weird and maybe not necessary, but I thought he was fine. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm never going to turn down John DiMaggio in my life. I'm I'm getting close to my limit. Really? On on this John DiMaggio, like Bender, Bender Light. I guess, like, I guess what I mean by I won't turn down John DiMaggio is, like, anything that resembles Bender, you know, that's, we're starting from a pretty high point. Sure. There, you have to do a lot of evil before that stops being appealing to me. No. Um, other characters. You want to talk about his family and friends? I feel like we can Ugh. hit them all kind of at once. So his uh, sister Haley is sort of, like, much more stereotypical Chinese um, uh, child. What you know, do you goes mean by that? The, very clearly academically gifted, goes to the private school, she's dance proper. and piano and all that. It, yeah, it's, she's... She, she talks... I, like, her diction is very precise, whereas Jake's is kind of, you know... I, I like the difference with the between flow. them. I, I like the distinction there. It doesn't quite make sense to me why why their parents treat them so differently. Um, it does if you like, like throw I don't it in mind the, her. it does if you throw it in the context of like um Chinese uh parents like stereotyping. If you sure. if you really wanted to do that. Which like the you know, show does. You know, like a like a the, like a like a male child is going to have a lot more to live up to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Um Yeah, I, I, I like this relationship. I feel this is one that the show does right. I don't hate it. Like I don't think that it's great. They don't really interact between each other a lot. Um, but it's fine. Like, I didn't have any problem with it. She didn't show up enough for me to really get much of a feel for her. She she can turn into a tiny pink dragon. It It's um, not as cute as I wanted it to be, which is a weird thing for me to say. But after looking at Jake's ugly mug for a while, I kind of needed a panacea, and I didn't really get one. Uh, other characters. Parents. I like, I like, I like his parents, okay. Yeah, I the mother is uh, Lauren Tom, who was number three in Kids Next Door. Mm-hmm. It's not clear why she's keeping the fact that her family is dragons a secret from her husband. Did you understand this? Um, it was for the sake of a joke, and like the the way that she brought it up was for the sake of a joke. He's like, I don't think he can handle it because he's, you know, kind of a sissy. Um, but the reason for it is just so that they can have some tension and like drama in the relation in the family relationship it's not really necessary again i like i accept it as part of the sitcom format like fine sure if you really if you have to have some sort of dramatic tension in the family this is a this is a pretty basic way to do it is just have a big secret that one of them's not allowed to know about you know Mm -hmm. yeah pass uh, yeah i mean we have it's the same thing with fairly odd parents and uh can't let people see see what you're doing there um cartoon dad where does he fall on the spectrum of cartoon dads um i like him okay i think he's fine like it's voiced by jeff bennett so you know same voice as dexter's dexter's dad Uh, i don't know if you saw the image that i put up on facebook i i did i have no context for this (laughs) that's what i was hoping for (laughs) because i didn't see that episode with the i assume that's from the camping one that's from the camping episode yeah 
So you, what is that about? What's it, happening there? If you thought you might enjoy more of him, go to the camping episode because it's just him all Mostly day. Him. It's him all okay. day. And well, it was actually kind of cool because like Jake is embarrassed by him because he's so milk toast and kind of excited about mundane things. He was basically you if you were a little bit older and a little bit like, I don't know, whiter. Oh my. Right? We'll um, see. We'll see how that goes. During the height by of the your way, drama club years. <laughs> but uh, even though he Jake was embarrassed by him the entire time, his friends were like, yo, your dad's the coolest, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, by the way, the spectrum of cartoon dads, the uh, x-axis is stupidity and the y-axis is silliness. So if you want to play along and place all the ones we've done so far, that would be a lot of work off of our shoulders. Maybe. I, I, there's also like an X factor that you just kind of can't quantify. Um, and honestly, I think there's a third axis, which is how much they obviously care about their kids. Like that's endearing in a non-comedic mm. way. And he actually really does. Like he's yeah, he's a family parenting. man. He's like a, he's like a, uh, a Doug like Funny's Doug Funny. dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what was Doug Funny's dad's name? I keep on wanting to say Father Funny or Phil. Randall Funny. <laughs> I, don't I think. think it's Phil, isn't it? Or like James. It's something, you know, 50s. I can't something remember. Something very generic. Mike. <laughs> D'Artagnan. Um, friends. We've got uh, Trixie and Spud. Yeah. Trixie is a black girl. And Spud's an idiot. Uh, and Spud? together. <laughs> yeah, this is a real B team for... You know these these guys are transplants straight from uh, class of three thousand, but that show had better writing. Yeah, and like I feel like what they were like is okay. We made American Dragon Jake Long. Oh boy, we messed up with this main character. How can we make him shine <laughs> a little bit? And, and they do it by getting some like really really cheap weather stripping to like reflect the light onto him in the form of these characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind Spud because he reminded me of Milo and kind of his. His speech patterns are endearing to me, like that weird kind of zoned out, but bizarrely Zen sort of quality to his voice. He's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Trixie is terrible. Trixie she was is like, problematic. She's like from Cousin Skeeter. Yes. Constantly talking about yes. trying to get her freak on. And if she wasn't as much of a stereotype, I think she actually would have been a better character overall. Um, but they were really they were really pushing for like, hey, we're, our show is cool. This is what the kids like, right? Yeah, it's I, I like it with Jake and I don't like it with her because it, it feels like they're trying too hard. Mm -hmm. With Jake, so, yeah, it kind of makes sense that he's trying too hard with her. It just feels like, I don't know, she was imported from a... Like she's less... not trying too hard and this is where she ends up anyway? Yeah, it, it's... It's weird that they didn't give her any kind of... Like, why can't everyone be Gerald? Why can't every black kid in a cartoon be Gerald? Yeah, yeah, one of the good ones. I, I've heard it before, Ben. <laughs> go go back to your Hunts clan meeting. Oh, man, we got to talk about the Hunts clan. Okay, so yeah. Let's clip conclude, in the Hunts... Family and friends, Let's clip family in and the friends are moderate to low. We have to clip in the Huntsman theme from Freakazoid. It's so much better. I'm actually. Do you mind if I just go and listen to it for a second? I I wanna. Oh, yeah. I have it up on YouTube, and I didn't get a chance. I wouldn't deny you that. Oh, the horn of urgency. Oh, he's just wrestling a bear. 
God, that looks so good. Hunt, 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 he's the huntsman. Into action is his cry. From the forest to the city, he will run there in a jiffy. I really want to watch a show that is just the huntsman. Was a poor hunter, hungry without gold. Till the day he saved a junkie elf from being eaten by a crow. With the, the magic sack of, of corn, <laughs> and shiny teeth, the huntsman was reborn. Goodness. Oh yeah, there's Candlejack. Ben, where did you go? Ben. <laughs> Still one of my favorite memes. It's so good. Um, you know, uh, Candlejack. I've actually, I've actually. Uh, I saw, uh, like, for some reason, I was part of a juggling club one time, and uh, way back in undergrad, and there was this guy named Ed. Um, he was a pretty cool guy all around, and kind of a mentor for the rest of the group there, and he was way into the Candlejack thing. <laughs> to the point at which he was, like, looking up things on the internet, and he was like, oh, yeah, I found this message board where, like, people were complaining about their computers, and one of them just was like, man, I can't believe the prices on this computer. Can Dell jack up their prices? And he, and just, like, cut the <laughs> sentence out there. Yeah, for, for the listener, the freakazoid character Candlejack, the joke is when you say his name, he comes and captures you and puts you on a leash or something. <laughs> he puts you in a cage. <laughs> yeah. Freakazoid's only weakness. God, it's a good show. It really is. Um, what's not a good show, but has the Huntsman anyway, is uh, American Dragon. American Dick Dragon Long. Dick Long. Yeah. Yeah. So the Huntsman and his Ad- Hunts clan, ADJL, are uh, fantasy racist white supremacists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> it, there's, it's a direct parallel considering like how hard they're pushing this racial diversity angle. Yeah, I wonder if they have the ranks of the dragon, even though they're hunting dragons. Do you think that's, like, difficult for them? Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know the, like, logistical difficulties of being in the Hunts clan. <laughs> <laughs> Other than finding ways to append hunt onto every word. Well, problem the first is you're hunting mythological creatures. They've got different colored blood. There's no outfit that you can wear that's going to kind of hide those stains. Yeah, getting those out. Problem the first. Uh, secondly, like, how do you prioritize? Do you go by, like, the most dangerous game, the most think, numerous mythological creature who's causing the most trouble? Because none of them are causing trouble because nobody knows about them. It's the most dangerous game because you want to, you know, you you want to get more members, so you have to do something really impressive. Oh, yeah. If you kill the dragons, the rest of the mythological ecosystem will just go to, go to pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Yeah, I don't like... Hmm. <laughs> this is hard. It's a hard episode. Um, and so his... Um, he he has an apprentice, the Huntsman does, uh, Hunt's Girl, mm-hmm. and this is the same person as Jake's love interest, Rose, and yep. it's very obvious. Yep, and she uh, spends her off hours, you know, uh, trying to hunt uh, Danny Phantom because, you know, spoiler, yeah. he's... Yeah, Same. again. Cut paste. Right? I don't mind their relationship because, like, you can tell this is, like, girls mature faster kind of thing. She's a bit taller than Jake. He, I actually he's like still that stumbling detail. around. Yeah, they I, uh, they get along well. 
there's some there's some clear development between them over time and then you know he mind wipes her with a magic wish or something yada yada it's it's every opportunity they have in this show to do the laziest form of building drama they do it Mm -hmm. it's like how, how do i how do we make the budding romance difficult oh make her one of the antagonists so now she's a magic racist that apparently didn't know any better yeah, um, she was just following orders. Sure. Well, so apparently the huntsman kidnapped her when she was a baby. So, you know, that's kind of fucked up. Like, a little bit. Huntsman kind like, of reminds me of Slade. She was just raised to believe that. Yeah, oh, it's very Slade. Yeah, which I like. But but Slade was like menacing and, and almost supernatural. And they're, this guy is clearly menacing. just a guy with a spear and a mask. They're both menacing. The difference is Slade is creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the rest of the show's tone, like supported it, it yeah here you know if he's defeated by a, a flatulence firewall it's kind of hard to take him seriously after that yeah that's true that's yeah remember that part where you were telling me like uh they wanted the show to be darker mm-hmm. oops it's, it's okay. a shame i like the i like the huntsman um well who was he uh voiced by again also jeff bennett oh, also jeff bennett great yeah so i mean i i I don't know what else there is to say than I just think that he hams it up real nice. Mm-hmm. He would be a better character in a different show, like it, a, a show that would let him kind of stretch his uh, his um, maniacal Chops. maniacal shoulders. I Ooh, guess. Yeah. So now that we've um, we've looked at pretty much all the characters, are, are there any that we missed? Um, I th- I think it's time to revisit. You know, did it meet the goals? Well, I, I would like to kind of, if you don't mind, I kind of wanted to go on a tangent because uh, we did talk about Jake in his human form. We didn't really talk about him in his dragon form. Oh, yeah. So, so I, we, I, we we start this and he is kind of just coming to terms with his powers, learning the full extent. He, he can't even fully get the transformation right. Yeah, although apparently he gets like, he feels no need to uh, doctor his battle cry. You know, you got it right the first time. Dragon up. Dragon up. Dragon up. Um, It's pretty bad. The transformation sequence, also pretty bad. And uh, I think he looks really like a big doofus as a dragon. (laughs) He's like all chest puffed up and his face, like he's got this like Homestar Runner underbite. (laughs) He looks like a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. He's got like these weird jagged like lip lip fangs i don't even know how to describe it he looks like a weird emoticon like teeth like teeth but they don't know how to represent teeth in this medium it, it's it feels and like, like that. his arms and legs are just too short yeah and he's got like this weird like, little underbite like they just kind of flubbed cartoon shorthand it, it feels like that like and, and i want to give it credit for like hey they're trying something unique but they tried nothing else unique so it, it actually just feels like an accident <laughs> Because if he like, if he started off awkward and insecure, and this is how he looked, that's one thing. But even after he's confident and saved the world a couple times, he st- he still looks like this. Mm-hmm. And his grandpa turns into like a lightning dragon, who's like a he's long radical. serpent. He's like a yeah. Dragon Ball Z dragon. Exactly, way better. Zane, we got to talk about like maybe our dragon ranking system. I don't know when so, we're gonna get a better chance. So I found one of those online quizzes, and everyone in my uh, office took it. <laughs> and every single one of us ended up as a water dragon. What what kind of water dragon? Like Except what are I think, we talking? I think here? Charlie got like an ice dragon, which is somehow different, or a sand dragon. I don't trust that. 
It was called like Hydrophilius or something, some sort of weird water dragon. I don't I, trust online tests anymore. Big hydrangea. I've burnt once too often. Yeah, yeah. Especially that 23 and me. Yeah, because I found out I'm not part of the Hunts yeah, Clan yeah, Master Race. God, what did I do? What did I, why did I even spit in this cup? <laughs> the yeah. Oh, they're taking spit now. That's that's nice. I'm trying to think of a worse dragon than American Dragon Jake Long. Like, who would do it worse? No, like, what is Cousin a- Skeeter would do it way better. <laughs> yeah. He would be great. He would be like a Sailor Moon villain. I, I'm just trying to think of what is a worse dragon that I've seen than this dragon. Because, like, um, okay, let's let's list some dragons and talk about why they're cool. I really want to do this because I have very Dragon little Zord else to say. from Power Rangers. We got Dragonzord. He's radical for a number of reasons. He's got that green color motif, shoots lasers, and is, like, yep. as good as five other nondescript dinosaur- dinosaurs. <laughs> so that's uh, good. We got, we got Shendu. Shendu is we've, awesome because he's a spent... statue that becomes a ridiculous muscular dragon man. We have conservatively spent two hours on our various podcasts talking about Shendu. <laughs> Enough, I know. Enough said. Uh, enough said, but like, well, uh, let, there's somebody else that we've but talked about But let's talk a little lot. more about Shendu. <laughs> the, uh, what, uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon. How about that? Most powerful card in Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Even though there are more powerful cards, you're still like, whoa, Blue Eyes White Dragon. Like, he's got, he's got weight to him. Dragons always feel like they're the most powerful version of things. I wonder oh, how this uh, show would have Jack, turned out if... Jack Spicer, the dragon of metal. It's <laughs> true, the dragon of metal. He's way better dragon than this. Oh, Ben, uh, do you think it's weird that, like, uh, the KKK uses dragon as, a, as, like, a ranking? Do I think it's weird? Not really. It's all about, like... Like, in the context of this show and the Hunts Clan? I don't know. That, There's something was, there. That's what I was fucking saying that earlier. Is, that man. is the one. That is the one dragon Focus. that's worse than Jake Long. Is the See, KKK. That's, that's why. That's why the Huntsman dragon. had to had to break off from the KKK. It's because they're like, oh, I don't feel good about this iconography. <laughs> yeah. Then I made that joke earlier, and you it was no sell. <laughs> no, I'm making it better. I'm tying it into our dragon talk. <laughs> all right fine were we not talking about dragons earlier in the show <laughs> was there a the time tape. was there a time before dragons a land before time i think there were a couple of dragons a land before time before dragons <laughs> i uh yeah that's right <laughs> oh volvagia from uh ocarina of time that's sure. a good one. dragon I, age yeah the dragons in that are like real big deals uh khaleesi and her three dragons dragon ball z dragon dragon ball, ball z dragon z? it feel is so good it's got that those whiskers uh-huh. oh um yeah oh the guys from bubble bobble they're like little dinosaur things i don't think they're dragons i'm pretty sure they're dragons i don't th- anyway. i don't think they are i but uh, yeah like it i wonder what this show would is been certainly like. bottom tier he's definitely shit tier as far as dragons go I wonder how this show would have been if he was kind of like a lesser mythological being that like wasn't supposed to be all that good and he had to make it work like the jackalope. I'm telling you, he was supposed to be a cooler character, you know, learning his powers on his own because his parents got super murdered. But like what what other kind of mythological creature can we make him that would make him like a better protagonist? Uh, Maybe more of like a trickster demon kind of thing, just because like. You know, he always pulls out some clever thing in the end, like rather a leprechaun? than like winning by brute force. Not not necessarily a leprechaun, but some sort of some sort of imp. 
Hmm. He's he's very impish. Lemure. Sure, Lemure. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I I wouldn't. What if he was some real gross like a Hydra, or a Marlboro? Those are a little big. <laughs> Those are big and unpleasant. <laughs> I know, dude. Why can't we? Uh, new Disney Channel show: The Adventures of Harbifage the Marlboro. <laughs> American Marlboro Jake Long. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Same character, but he's just full of eyes and tentacles. It sounds sounds pretty good to me. Uh, anyway, I, I don't have anything else to say about characters. No. I, I wanted to talk about um, the fact that this Disney show feels real lazy and maybe try to figure out if that's its big problem. Because one of the things that you said, like the things that we want to judge it against is um, it's... What, what were the three again? I keep on forgetting. Setting. Um, Character growth. Cultural diversity. Cultural diversity. So the setting, I think, it really fails. And I'm going to, like, cite a bunch of ways just now. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about why it feels so lazy. So um, let me me give you a couple of things from the first episode. We have Karate Kid training sequence. Sure. We've got a Batman slash Catwoman antagonism romance, like in Danny Phantom. There's um there's an imagined spot where they're like swinging in a circle looking at each other like you know kind of love struck idiots. There is a important family dinner where absolutely nothing out of the order ordinary will be tolerated. Yeah. There is uh Mr. Crocker is the teacher. You know, Ooh, he's, he's, yeah, I forgot about him. He's like, oh, you know, nobody thinks these <laughs> mythological beings exist, but I'll show them all. You know, it's very Mr. Crocker. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Family Guy-style flashback jokes. Yeah, this this is all in show, the first episode. It's it's stealing from everything. You it know, has I, no original ideas, and it doesn't know what makes the other shows work. You know, I watched a, uh, a review recently. Um, are you familiar with Sabersport? Uh, no. He's a YouTube guy who who does kind of these. Um, he, you know how um, iPatch Wolf does a lot of like anime kind of trends, mm-hmm. like yeah. the the rise and fall of certain trends. He does that, but for TV stations. So he did a whole one for Disney and like how Disney kind of got its start, how it had a oh, that's cool bit of a revolution, how it faltered a bit until finally plummeting with the Disney Channel, which kind of loses everything that should have been a home run about Disney because it found a cash cow that worked and then just milked it for all it was worth without ever really needing to evolve or grow over time. That's Disney. And because of that, it is very clear to see like, oh, this was just made piecemeal from better shows or at least more Mm. unique shows because they knew that these things would work. Yeah, because, I mean clearly people watched this at the time like a few and, of them and if you haven't seen all those other shows there's something in here that's new to you because you know if you're gonna steal steal big yeah and, and it's not that like any particular part of this show is bad because it's stolen from good shows or at least like yeah more if, entertaining if you, shows if you came to this show in a vacuum it would be passable it, it's just the context of realizing that it was kind of ripped off because 
I don't know. Like, they knew it would sell, and, like, they needed a show to fill time, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I, try, I tried to look into, like, the history of this, and it doesn't feel like any huge creative talent was behind this. No. So, yeah, like, no... There's no good world building because it, it wasn't made in that way. It was made from the, you know, quote-unquote successful elements up. There wasn't a grand idea that caused things. Yeah. There's things you know you have to include. They came across the desert of, uh, they came across the great west of the animation renaissance, and they were like, look at all these skeletons, every part of the buffalo, and then just like, you know, cannibalized as much as they could as they, <laughs> it's like, man, they, 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 they left, like, the vultures are getting to these. They left way too meat, much meat on these bones. Well, we can make a soup out of this. <laughs> Somebody left their bones here. Wasteful. <laughs> Come on, we, we, we um, can make a can make a fine hat. Next, uh, the cultural angle. Again, it's confused is the right word. Like they didn't have that, anything to say, so they couldn't portray things effectively. I don't think that this was all a failure. Like I think that okay. this sort of works. What what worked about it? I mean, it definitely captured a particular type of kid. That's that's pretty much I what I'm saying. Like don't I don't know if they did it like generally in like TV shows or episodes of stuff where oh this character who we haven't paid a ton of attention to is telling us about their you know history and culture and it's a positive thing and we learn something and like greater cultural appre- appreciation. Mm-hmm. Here it's kind of just used. I don't think that I agree with that. I don't think that it's okay. like it's not used exploitatively. Like I think it does build and inform Jake's character. Uh it's not the Chinese American stuff, clearly. No. But no. the the hip hop culture, the 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 slang that he's like enamored with, I think is is really additive to his character. Yes, I would agree with that. The the issue is that that is not unique to him. That was also taken and it's hard to say that they did it intentionally. Oh, I'm I'm certain they did it intentionally. This is it's absolutely what they're going for. Cause think about it. What kind of music are we hearing in the intro? Oh, uh, the Jonas Brothers, yeah. <laughs> well, it's got some Jonas influences. There's definitely some whale swallowing this intro. No, but... no. So the intro theme, the second season was a poorly redone version by the Jonas Brothers. Was it really? Yes, and it's just the first season's intro slowed down to 75%, and it's bad. The first season's intro is actually not too bad. You want to know who, who wrote it and who performed it? Uh, sure. It was, it was Josh Mankey. <laughs> it was A.J. Trouth, known as Twitty from Even Stevens. His <gasps> band. His band did this. The Twitty Stevens experience? That's correct. <laughs> Man, I forgot about so, yeah. Twitty. So yeah, and but but you were saying like what does it sound like? It sounds like Eastern influences, like Eastern music, like you know pan flutes and like harps and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I sure I hate to like summarize it in just instruments, but this is the entire familiarity I have with that kind of music. And I'm not a music guy, so you know deal with it. Um, and uh, mixed in with that is some real bad hip hop, like some real kids bop style hip hop. It starts off a little bit better and poppier, but when Jake starts singing, yeah, that's that's a problem. It is, but it's still kind of like it's got like a 
kind of thumping bass sort of thing to it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they're very intentionally saying he's Chinese American, but let's not forget the cultural influence of living in a very urban setting where he's obsessed with kind of hip hop culture. Yeah. And I, I think of all the cultural stuff, that's where they hit best is like the culture you're born into and the culture you choose. And how do you reconcile those? I think that's a really that came good across point. in a believable character. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all they did with it. Yeah, but we should give it credit for being very believable. Like, mm-hmm. there are worse ways to implement, like, I am a child of two, wait, no, three worlds. And they yeah, did it okay. Like, they did it okay. But I just wanted to you say look at that. Generator like, Rex, where's that coming from? I, I thought it also was fine coming... with Generator Rex, but, <laughs> you know. He has no peers to influence him like this, except for Bobo. <laughs> well, like, Bobo can explain anything. Like you can you can explain Rex becoming like a, uh, a like a lectured style serial murderer from from Bobo's influence. That could mean Bobo anything. Can, Bobo explains it all. <laughs> There's the most confusing like fight sequence of any show ever, and Bobo just walks in and was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I got it." <laughs> yeah, okay, that's why they were all naked at the beginning of this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll give this section you know a soft pass. Yeah, I I think that the fact that it does show that hip-hop kind of uh, influence in multiple avenues of the show show that it's an intentional piece. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I guess I just don't like hip-hop slang I don't much. like that. It, like, it might be due to, like, when I was teaching and every kid was a poser. That was kind of rough. Like, let, let's not mince words here. I don't like that. Like, it's not fun to watch. It's just, it's understandable, and I think that it builds his character. But, like, I don't yeah. enjoy bad hip-hop. Like bad, yeah. you know, you know, uh, Christian rock center kind of censored uh, hip hop stuff. When you when you add everything together, this is a character we have not seen before. Yeah, but not like, by much, but enough. He he's within he's within standard deviation of every axis, though. <laughs> we found the chosen one. <laughs> He's the chosen one. He's like he's as cool as the frozen sun, American Dragon, Sweet Sixteen. What does that mean? He's cool. He's hot like a frozen sun. I think he made up the lyrics himself. It's, I, that part's not bad, actually. And the fact that he's like rapping in the in the end of it kind of supports that, actually. Oh, D- does he ever does speed. he ever play in a band? Because I saw that in the intro kind of mashup, but I never saw him actually, you know, know yeah, an instrument. No, I don't. I don't think he has the patience for that. I don't think so either. He knows how to break dance. Does he? Yeah, it comes up a couple times. I I think that break dancing is a very impressive skill. Mm-hmm. I uh, like I'm I'm not sad that I can't do it, but I always wish I could do a backflip because I've been told I have the body type for it. That's quite the compliment. Maybe they were hitting on me. Now that I think about it. You know, maybe we can take you back to my place and lay down some bars for you to bend over backwards and see if you can do it. <laughs> and I would just be like, I'm not that into hip hop. But no, <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah. I mean, that's a compliment as well. I'll take that. Sure. I'll take that. Uh, let's finish up with the with the third goal. Sure. Uh, character progression and uh, and dramatic realism. I mean, again, it's it happens, but in a pretty bland way. The only thing that I really like, I liked his family dynamic, but I don't think it really grew much. I liked his relationship with Rose. 
The Rose one was real bad for me. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, how many times have we heard this? The good guy is the is the hero and doesn't need to change at all. The bad guy is his love interest and uh, you know finds out that he's actually a good guy and that gives her another turmoil and he she betrays him, but then she realizes that he actually actually loves him and you know he'll face turn. Yeah, I think part of it is like I liked it I when see... Toru did it better. <laughs> it's not quite one to one. Um, I, I like to see Jake get more mature in his courtship attempts. Um, Did you find you that know, happening? When, when he does like his wish, he basically has the choice between like, okay, we can keep things the way they are now, where we're kind of an item, but you still have this very tragic backstory, or I can retcon things so that you grew up happy, but then we never, like, we never had this. I mean, it's it's pretty so, binary morality, though. Like, that's not that it, deep there's an arc there's enough of an arc to satisfy me given you know it it was it's better arc, than a lot of the can, other relationships dude you can fit show. this you can fit this arc to a fucking linear approximation without any trouble you're oh oh it's there not a, it's yep. a, like a line ain't ain't no quadratic to this long <laughs> i'm trying very hard to make this an interesting podcast people I think <laughs> I think it is not working. I think we had our best stuff when we kept talking about the KKK. Can we do that again? <laughs> we really can't go better than that. We we sort of plateaued early there. The great thing about the KKK is you can Ooh, talk shit about a, a them. Clip for clip for the Cartoni Awards. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk you can talk shit about them and no one's going to disagree. But also, it's a very silly organization when you take away all the hate stuff. It, I mean, I wonder like how the much trappings that, are very funny. I wonder how much of that is intrinsic and how much of that has happened because society has sort of infantilized them, you know, or maybe they're just the stuff looked cool 150 years ago. Who, who knows? I mean, like, I think that there is something of a trend toward uh, Nazis being made jokes of because it's easier to see them as a joke than as in, you know, a terrible thing that happened to our world, you know? Ooh, Ben, good good topic for you to go on uh, the Cocktail Party Congress. Is it better to face our enemies head on or treat them with derision? Ooh, that is a good topic. I don't know if like I can what's do a, that justice. What's a better way to What's a better way to remarginalize? You know, piss ants or whatever they. What's the proper term? They go Hate by piss ants these days. <laughs> piss ants is not bad. Yeah, it's, 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 it's they mark territory by urination, so it's there was French. that whole thing to it. Just like dragons. I feel like we have talked about dragon physiology at some point and like it's discussed how it would be kind of a bummer overall. Like just the, the overall size of a dragon. Just like too big? Yeah, like can't corner well, you know? I'm <laughs> like like I have like there's no handles for me to grab onto this conversation with. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to find one, but it's, there's none. I mean, you, you made a claim, and there's just nothing to do with it. Oh, like, you weren't doing the same thing to me for the past ten minutes. Hey, you know the great thing about the KKK? <laughs> <laughs> you little asshole. <laughs> 
Uh, let, so are we are we done here? Can we be done here? <laughs> let's, I feel like we're done here. We can we can do a couple more things. Uh, I did want to talk about the animation real quick because there were a couple things that I thought were very notable, and you know I think that this show suffers by being late in the Disney life cycle, and so like they got lazy because they could be lazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they were they were still a couple years shy before the rebirth. I don't. They haven't had that much of a rebirth, though. Like it's Gravity Falls and what? Gravity Falls is really good, though. I mean, it 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 can only kind of skew so much, though. It can only skew mm-hmm. the curve in that much in that direction Let's by see what so else much. Been doing. I, I think they're doing a couple, but I wouldn't call it like a a revival of sorts. I actually just watched the thing with Saber Spark talking about Disney, and I think that I'm getting a lot of my opinions from him right now. Um, but. Mm. You know, he doesn't think that they've turned a corner either. But uh, I did want to say that there are a couple additive things for having Disney animation this late in the life cycle. Because the animation is actually really good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw anything about this, but I was like pretty impressed on a pretty regular basis with how everything was moving. The movements were good. They were they were pretty fluid. I wasn't a huge fan of the you know the dragon model as we mentioned, but the mo- the movements were you know pretty pretty fluid. The dragon model's bad. I think the person model is fine. Um, and given yeah. that they're going for kind of a sillier tone, it's kind of okay for the dragon to look silly. But I mean, it's not my favorite. But the motion of everything is really good. Like the fight scenes are good. The I thought the facial expressions really kind of carried a lot of it for it. And then the body proportions being, you know, they're like lanky teens, like hitting that growth spurt. It's interesting because like whenever we see a, you know, whenever we see the uh, grandpa um, kind of elongated out in his dragon form, he like is more than the screen can fit, right? He's like one of those long luck dragon kind of things like in uh, Shadow of the Colossus. You don't get a good, you don't get a good sense of his dimensions. Mm -hmm. Which is like relevant because he's not our focus. Jake is the focus, and he fits on screen. But he's bigger than he was, also showing growth. So then just like a lot of little touches that show that, you know, they kind of recognize his place as central protagonist, and they can use their animation chops to bump it up. Sure. Um, and, and one thing that I thought was pretty unique was that there was a lot of camera rotation that went into this show. Ooh, I didn't really notice this. If you look right in Go the... On. If if you look right in the first scene, it's them standing on a building all gargoyle style, like looking over their, you know, everything the light touches, Simba, kind of kind of way, you know, like this is your city sort of establishing shot. And the camera turns and it's like a pretty effective way to just kind of show the um the enormity of the city that they're living in. Like all to a nice sunset. It was actually like hmm. a pretty good moment. Um, I would definitely go back and just like look at that first sequence because that camera rotate. It's like a small touch, but it really gives you a sense of the enormity of this city. It's not just like we're looking at this one cul-de-sac in Ed and Eddie or Hey Arnold. It's they show you that this thing has dimension. There's there's a lot to it that you're not seeing. Mm-hmm. Little, little touches like that, I thought were like pretty impressive, and it is actually one thing that this show maybe not did unique, but definitely benefited from a later life cycle in the disney you know catalog yeah the bigness of it is you know it contributes to the feeling that jake's actions aren't super important uh it it doesn't really feel like new york city all the time no no it doesn't 
given like just how many scenes take place in Central Park. Well, we don't know how much of the only we park. don't know how much of this city has like seceded to the Atlantis, like uh, the, the the mermaids, right? They might have <laughs> just it's like a secret, so they don't know that they ceded that ground. They're like, oh, you know, there's some flooding by the volleyball courts. Oh, it's, it's going <laughs> to the tennis community. courts too now. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could explain all the dumb things that happen in this show just by citing different species. Like, like I come in as like a Mark Lilly sort of protagonist talking about the rights of, you know, wood nymphs. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, they have to be this small. Like, Jake has to be this unimportant because, you know, we have to give equal opportunity time to all the leprechauns or something like that. I, I still feel like that part of the world building was really underdeveloped. Yeah, I... I I agree. Like they, I feel like they dropped the ball on what could have been the most interesting aspect of this show. It's a bummer. And I I don't know how much they even go into like weirder types of mythological creatures. They uh, you know, there's a little bit of of eastern influences, but really it's just your stock standard, you know, vampires I uh, you know, dragons. I could have handled a couple more eastern influence kind of stuff. I mean, generally you get like chupacabra in these kind of things. They did the Jersey Devil in the camping episode, which I thought was cool. I do like the Jersey Devil. <laughs> you know, we don't see that one very often. Yeah, he was like a he was like a Taurus Bulba kind of, you know, sort of sort of imposing figure. Yeah. Just like everyone in Jersey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they all have horns because you know, just a, if you read this pamphlet provided by the Huntsman, it says we hunt dragons, hydras, and also people from Joyzy. <laughs> Get all of New York to sign up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. Hydras are bad. Okay, fine. Oh, that's what we're calling them now. Sure. Because <laughs> they uh, got the two heads, them. the one up top and the one in the trousers. <laughs> Do you think a trouser snake is a mythological animal? I'm going to drop it. <laughs> the American dragon. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We can't do that. Uh, we, you know, now that you mention we're losing some mythological, like, Eastern influences, let's look back at a couple of different shows that maybe they were a little bit more prevalent in. Like, I mean, uh, Jackie Chan Adventures and Shaolin Showdown are the obvious Those are the obvious connections. ones, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess those are kind of just the ones that I'm thinking about. They generally had like Oni and demons and things like that, but I, d- I don't know how much they had like mythological creatures so much as like mythological spirits. Yeah, I mean, this was trying to be very New York, very American. It's just, I guess the I guess it's his not that weakness, interesting. His weakness is sphinx hair, so sphinxes are on the table. Because how many? You know, mythological creatures are American-centric. There's not a ton. So, Jersey Devil... And Cthulhu. I, I don't think Cthulhu counts. I feel like that's London, England. No, it it all takes place in New England. In uh, no, it doesn't. Yeah, the, like, uh, you know, the... Lovecraft-era stuff? I don't think that's true. It's all, like... I don't I don't know a goddamn thing about Lovecraft. Other it's all than, in Massachusetts. Other other than that, a bunch of nerds hate him right now. I, I don't know a goddamn thing about Lovecraft. Wait, what happened? Did how did the tables turn? Hang on a second. Lovecraft Yeah, uh, yeah, Massachusetts. It, oh, I guess it no, you're right, it is Massachusetts. Um Dunwich. Yeah, yeah, that's where his tombstone is. 
I, I imagine it looks pretty rad. Where's <laughs> I, I don't know what I've seen. I've seen like there's been a, a controversy about uh, him being super xenophobic or super racist or something like that. And well, yeah, I mean, like, and he was <laughs> like, I'm not going to pretend that that's not an influence, but like people are like boycotting all of a sudden because of it. And like, it's a little late. I, I think that's just like a measured response you can have to being like, okay, he did some shit, but so did George Washington and let like we we recognize that people that we love did some shit and we just kind of have to get over it take take the good criticize the bad try to move forward yeah 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 i mean like like what else can you do i mean you can you can be i don't know it's difficult because i feel like there's a hyper defensive kind of reactionary response you can have that doesn't really help i don't know no, I, I I don't know. I I don't have. This is why I don't talk about opinions. Maybe maybe because because what I've heard about American Dragon Jake Long is like some people have nostalgia for, for it, but but looking back, it doesn't quite hold up. Do you think it's because our sensibilities have changed and we're no longer cool on the whole like over stereotyping? Um, can can you can you say that again? I I don't think I quite understood it. Like this this came out a little over a decade ago and even in that short span people's sensitivities on matters of you know cultural diversity and stereotypes and tokenism they have have evolved significantly i think i i think they actually just they like they put was the kids... this show good then i don't think so like i think that the, the kid gloves are a little bit too uh plush for this <laughs> you know you know what kind of did this better was proud family which is, you know, oh, an earlier yeah. Disney concoction, and one of right. the one of the kind of the new breed of uh, Disney animated cartoons. And I thought that that one was like it had an urban kind of stereotyping or flavor to it that made sense in context, and also wasn't bizarrely textured by mythology, and also trying to figure out this like Chinese American stuff. It was very even keeled. It, I don't know if even killed is the right way of saying it. It was, it was unapologetic and what? In proud family, yeah, yeah, unapologetic. It that's, was unapologetic and it. you know, kind of uh, stoic. Like it's like, listen, we, we understand that some of these are stereotypes, but they're not entirely based in myth. <laughs> like that, these are because these are the way. Is... These are the way a lot of people act. Like kind of like watching a Spike Lee movie. You're like, wow, these could be pretty bad caricatures, but. <laughs> Well, they're also, you know, the way a lot of people well, act in that era well, and this climate. Is, and This is the argument about cultural appropriation, which, you know, however yes. you feel about it, the argument is, like, you want what's cool about this culture, but you don't want the struggle. And Proud Family dealt with both. They and did. And this show only deals with the one. Well, I, I mean, it deals with the struggle of uh, the KKK. The dragons. Not that bad. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, they, they've it had is, a rough, it, it rough a season. More hepa- like, it, it's a little bit more... It's a little bit of more of an epileptic response to that. It doesn't know what message it's trying to send. It doesn't seem to. Like, I think it, it, it got as far as we should represent these, you know, th- th- we should represent these cultural uh influences on this character but not really have the context for yeah. why they were there maybe i, I don't know what exactly mm-hmm. how to put it no I, th- I think that's pretty good yeah it, it's tricky um you know we, we've talked a lot about 
kind of this uh <laughs> we've talked a lot today we, we've talked a lot about like black outreach kind of stuff that nickelodeon would do mm-hmm. you know and uh like nick at night and like cosby show and huxtables and um uh keenan and Kel. yeah um cousin skeeter to a lesser degree to, to a bizarre degree uh I, and i think that this one's just a little bit unfocused on that it, it's fine because it at least tries but it just kind of it's trying in a very cautious way I, I actually wouldn't have minded them leaning into this you know child of two worlds kind of yeah message it's there's there's too much else here to criticize or just say meh to mm-hmm. to really care too much about this aspect of it and also like not to you know become everything i hate but like i wouldn't have minded some like humanization of the hunts clan as opposed to just being like future mythology racists yeah like give us give us a reason for why they're like that yeah shylock this uh this this jeff bennett up a bit now, now you do have to be very careful. If you go <laughs> am I, am in any direction, I, am I teetering? Am I kind of teetering on the edge here? You're barely hanging on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every so often I get to a point in this podcast where I'm like, is it worth it to totally break flow and just apologize on mic to anyone I might have offended? I feel like we just have an open apology. <laughs> yeah, it's just a constant thing. <laughs> like audience if we say something and you want to like write in and criticize it for us just know that we have apologized in advance <laughs> well i mean and also like i, would I, like, I have yeah and and we'll read that apolo- like we'll we'll read your arguments because there, there, there's no Ooh, doubt yeah. about it we're both ignorant in a number of ways but i still think that we're capable of talking about the fact that this show i, I could have leaned into the cultural aspect harder yeah like that that at least is probably true yeah, do more with it. Have have some of Jake's dragon powers depend on his ability to learn about his history or yeah. have like some interesting changes in his development, you know, be affected by the culture he's sort of, you know, put himself into. Man, if you even wanted to, you can go ahead and have a very special episode of somebody calling him some sort of slur in school. There's got to be so many for him. You <laughs> Yeah, I mean just pick and choose, really. <laughs> Scale tail. Oh, I was thinking something with scales. <laughs> I'm glad you got there first. <laughs> like, I didn't want to say it. We we probably shouldn't, like, start brainstorming Like, ethnic slurs for dragon people? I guess not. Yeah. Like, yeah, wh- why contribute to the problem? <laughs> well, because it could be funny. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason to do racism, it could be funny. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you think the KKK is just like a bit that got out of hand? I mean, yeah, just ask Michael Richards. Who burn? Say burn. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm I'm done here. And that's yeah. That that's American Dragon Jake Long. Yep. Uh, I hope we didn't end up sounding too terrible. But uh, in any case, uh, you know, is is real bland and real. Real c- copycat of a show uh, that yeah, this is this some wilted greens. Could have done some stuff and didn't because maybe a fear of going in a unique or uncharted direction. But you know, 
what you got was not that much better, so be brave, Disney. You you can do it. You have the base materials. You can do cool stuff. You've done Proud Family. I really like that show. It, it just, yeah. you need to be a little bolder in your approach. And if somebody comes to you and says, like, I want this dark show about, like, a boy coming to terms with the death of his parents and, like, basically, you know, Chinese dragon Batman. <laughs> They're putting it on the platter for you. Maybe the executives shouldn't say... What if it was family friendly and had fart humor? Yeah, or or be like, all right, we've already got something that everyone's heard before. How can we make sure to iterate that, but with some sitcom stuff? Like, let's just make it everything that you've heard before combined with everything that you've heard before. Mm-hmm. Have have a goal. Have a goal, Disney. Have a heart. Have a goal. Have some dragon fire. All right, Zane. That was not great. I didn't enjoy watching it. It's it's over now, Ben. It can't hurt us. It, it can still hurt us. It it hurts everyone. <laughs> Do you like... Wh- what? <laughs> Look, Huntsman xenophobia hurts us all. It, it diminishes yeah. everyone. Yeah, we're all the Huntsman at some point. I can't stop singing the Huntsman theme song from Freakazoid in my head. on loop in my head. I know. Let's let's move forward. Well, well, Um, let's maybe, you know, let's maybe put a marker down to put Huntsman theme in again, because it's happening at least twice. Yeah, put in some other Freakazoid themes as well. (laughs) What other Freakazoid theme should we put in? Oh, uh, does Cave Guy have a theme song? I don't think so. I feel like it's got to be like a Jungle Bongo thing, though, right? If he does. Or, or like, like some sort of jazz lounge piece, because he's like, I read the New Yorker. The British guy had a had a theme song. Mad Mod? No, sir, something bravery. Sir Bravery? Sir Hero? Oh, something. yeah, Sir Bravery. Lord Bravery. Lord That's Bravery. Right. He feels no pain. He can fly quite fast. In feats of strength, he is unsurpassed. His grip is firm, never quavery. Britannia's superhero, he's Lord Bravery. Lord Bravery. He's a lord. Yeah, I hate him. Um, next up, we're not watching Freakazoid. Nope. We will be watching the Oblongs, yeah. which has a bit, a bit more focus in its social commentary, right? Yeah, with the and a bit less focus in its character models. <laughs> I think that his character models are like cons- well considered, at least. It's definitely rounder than what we're used to. Yeah, this is uh, like pretty off supos kind of kind of stuff. It's it's meant to offend and shock, um, yeah. but it's also got a veneer of like squeaky cleanness to it. Yeah, it's like a weird, polished, silly putty simulacra of South Park. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking. So we'll forward. see how that holds up. Did we actually say the name of the show? The Oblongs. <laughs> okay, we're gonna watch the Oblongs. I'm looking forward by to mis- it by Mister Oblong. By what? Mister Oblong, the writer. Is that his name? Does he go by? Is that his pen name? We'll get into it. Okay. Uh, hopefully, what are we watching after I that? Wonder ben? If David will show up for that. That'd be cool. Hmm. Uh, anyway, after that, let's go back to the '80s. We haven't done it in a while, so every so often, I want to do an old '80s kind of limited animation cartoon. We've done Thundercats. We've done He-Man. I want to check out a lesser-known one called Brave Star. Brave Star. Brave Star. I have no idea what that theme song. I don't know. Is. It probably has something like that. Some melodic chanting for a theme song. They like doing that. Sure. Uh, I and remember, does Brave Star have any social commentary? 
I, I remember that uh, a while back uh, when I was working in Texas, my uh, coworker who was a little older than me raved about a show called Brave Star <laughs> and showed me a couple of scenes where this, I don't know, kind of wrestler physiqued uh, Western American, like a Western manifest destiny stereotype on the moon was saving the underprivileged with like totem spirit powers it was real bizarre um i can't oh, wait so there is a social commentary po- Great. very possibly we're we're hitting a high density i wonder if it's just us <laughs> you know <laughs> well should we should we start watching something like needlessly offensive or like what do you do you have any oh, suggestions do you got an itch oh, you need gosh, to scratch unlimited amount of shows (laughs) uh well in any case i think that those two shows are going to be a lot better than this one so if you have anything to say about oblongs or brave star please let us know uh you can go to our webpage, uh cartoncast.com or fancy bat uh group website i know that um a couple collaborators just got together on a project or on an episode uh, the Cocktail Party Congress, Congress. Uh, Dan Caves has a podcast, and he and JT, I think, went on Andrew's podcast, Andrew Spawn, the uh, Amusement, Amusement Sparks, Sparks podcast. <laughs> they talked about Utopia Land, Utopia. which is very fun. I, it's an idea I wish that I had come up with first. But. The, I think my favorite joke is one that they make early, where every part of the theme park is a different, like, ism, like capitalism, socialism, and anarchy is just the parking lot. <laughs> there's no <laughs> lines. You just kind of park wherever. There's a there's a small part of you that enjoys trying to find parking. Don't deny it. <laughs> it's like that tension of a sneeze and then the release. When you finally get it, you're like, I'm glad that I waited. Yeah, but then, like, the sneeze is, like, looming over you for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, you look into the sun trying to get it to go, but, oh, boy, it's not. <laughs> the, the sneeze takes the form of some, some rascals getting out of, the par- uh, out of the adjoining car looking very frustrated and holding, their, holding a ring of keys up in an aggressive manner as you get out. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, go to iTunes and give us a rating or review. Um, and uh, more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Yeah, let them know how racially sensitive we are. We look guys, we tried. We did our best. Well, we tried. We did more work than the show did. I mean, like maybe it's just because original. we were talking about the way that the show it, had the kids. It was the most interesting. It was the most interesting part and we were kind of bashing the show for not trying hard enough to talk about these things, so maybe we should give ourselves a break for talking about them at all. Yeah, a happy middle. Yeah, we mm, is it? yes we did something ha- happy happy middle everyone we, we talked a bunch <laughs> that i'm willing I, i'm willing i'm not willing to make many huge statements on this podcast but we talked we talked for a while <laughs> and scene dragon up Rock there in a jiffy to suck evil in the eye. March, 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 march,
Vive was a poor hunter, hungry without gold. Till the day he saved a chunky elf from being eaten by a crow. The elf rewarded Marty Vive with a magic sack of corn. He gained strength and speed and shiny teeth, and as the huntsman was reborn, hunt, 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 he's the huntsman with the pants on the back guy.